Welcome, and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast, where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Richard and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. Yep, so this week we're going to continue our conversation about education. about to be five years old, and... I am at this point four years of experience as a parent and I do understand the stresses of a parent and homeschooling sounded like additional stress (laughs) in addition to the parent stress. You know what I'm saying? So it's not instead of and it's not a they're not in parallel. They Mm -hmm. compound. Mm -hmm. Right. Because. You now are teaching a person that you also got to fix lunch for. Right. That you may also have to potty train. And it's just stacks on top of each other. So another kind of fail safe was if it becomes too stressful, um, would we use public school as an option due to the, you know, elevated stress levels? And once we had those conversations and came to agreements on some of the levels of those things Mm -hmm. and... What were, you know, some possible um, signs or red flags? Um, or if, you know, if they were falling behind, how would we get them extra help? Any of those kind yeah. of things that came up. Again, the thing that we sat down to do that was not necessarily the easiest thing to do, right? Because you have your parental pride, right? Yeah. My child is the best at everything, you know, then... For you, I, I assume that you would have your professional pride. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a classically trained master's degree holding teacher. Yep. I can teach. I have taught the children of the world who have come through my grade level, learned a thing, successfully passed these tests, and are moving on to other grade levels and will eventually graduate, you know, carrying the knowledge I help instill in them mm-hmm. onward. And I've done it so well. I'm teacher, I've been teacher of the year. I'm the grade chair and I'm I'm do my job so well I can teach other teachers to mm-hmm. help their classrooms improve. You know, that's a lot of professional pride cuz that's a lot of accomplishments. And I, I got that inspiration award for English too. And the inspiration award for English. So is that's a lot of a, accomplishments. So you have your professional pride too, you know, and then across the table is me, you know, not a professionally trained teacher basically asking all of these checks and balances and and it's really hard to kind of move yourself out of the equation to really only think of what's best for the child in question right. who you're kind of planning for even though they're not at the table while you're planning for them mm-hmm. um so that that one was really big and, and really important and i think when we got to that point, then my confidence in the situation soared. Yeah. And it gave me a great position to support from. Yeah. Because now I had things that I could say, oh, is she, and, and you would keep me in the loop and say, oh, she's taking her test. Here's the results. You, let's sit and talk about yeah. them. I mean, I tried to always keep you in the loop and I even still do like, you know, with whatever they're learning, like, okay, go read your dad the book tonight. You'll read, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. here, work on this with daddy so that they knew, okay, daddy was involved with my schooling too. It's like, mommy's doing it, but 
I have to be accountable to daddy too. Mm-hmm. So that it's not just only and solely on me at that point. Yeah. And and one thing I want to call out, I have one little, little tangent uh, that I want to jump on real quick. And then I want to ask you a question. Um, the tangent is I knew the first time it really struck me on how real homeschooling was was the first time we took a out-of-state trip and we're driving and we stop at one of the rest stops and you basically ask the kids about um about the rock formation types and then as we were driving because you know virginia southeastern virginia is is you know coastal coastal plain yeah, right it's flat. so as we're driving north into richmond and then into the mountains. Um, the mountains. Like to Carter. I think we were going to Carter, Carter Mountain. Mountain. It was just funny that just on the road as a parent, not a teacher, just driving along and you're just like, so where are we now, kids? And they're like, oh, this is um, is mountainous. And he was like, what's the word for it? Because it's like rolling hills. And they're oh, like, that's oh, Piedmont. Piedmont. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is what we do now. Like, this is what our family trips consist of now that, you know, and I think what it does is it teaches them that the whole world is your classroom mm-hmm. and not a singular room. Right. So that's that's a funny tangent because I think other parents that don't necessarily homeschool would think that's funny that, you know, you're going on a family road trip, which is essentially a family, like a mini vacation. Mm-hmm. But education is still a part of it because yeah, cause that's all they know. That's all they know. It's like even when we went last year, you know, COVID kind of messed us up this year, but last year when we went to florida for vacation and this was all of the kids first time on the plane because usually we would just take road trips Mm -hmm. you know sit in the car for however long Mm -hmm. you know but this time we flew and um we're looking out the window and we're like oh what kind of clouds are these right you know exactly (laughs) exactly or even or even our oldest daughter on that trip who asked for worksheets yeah like can we get some Some worksheets can we get some worksheets to do to keep us busy you know and you know, we're modern And I'm parents. not even a big worksheet person, but she's like, I just want something I can put in my bag, that I can fold it up in my bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're modern parents, so, like, our kids have, you know, the electronics and stuff to help keep them busy on in situations like that. But our oldest sometimes, again, haven't been homeschooled the longest. She'll ask for math worksheets because yeah, like, she's like, I really like math, so give me some math worksheets to work on. And I think it's just an interesting difference from being a public school kid and understanding the uh not i guess dichotomy is the word i'm looking for but the word you know where i'm at school from this time to this time and that's where i do and then i shut it off (laughs) and now i'm at home and i'm still learning it's just is it's viewed differently than the school learning you know because you still play video games and learn all Mm -hmm. these things from all these sources but i'm cracking a book open and learning academically here Mm -hmm. and over here is different whereas for our kids they're kind of in this eternal learning bubble Mm -hmm. where it's just like in the house out the house on the road at soccer you know i'm still learning and, and and engage with the world but then i think the other question i have is how did you start what was the like you've done the letter we've had to talk and then what was day one of homeschooling like? What was Well, that? the thing about it is, even when I was teaching outside, you know, in the public school, 
we would when I would get home, I would work with, I would work with her, mm-hmm. on like you know basic, pre K level, mm-hmm. um, pre K level things, and so it wasn't like, a, like a big to do da type of thing. Even though I, I tried to make it a big deal because I wanted her to understand, oh, look, it's a formal starting day. Because I remember getting her dressed, putting her little backpack on her, taking pictures outside, and then bringing her back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just so she could have that experience of, oh, it's my first day of school. But, um, you know, we we had our little nook, I call it. And I had kind of organized it like her little classroom. And we had a word wall up and... We had a desk and a table. I mean, I'm sorry, a desk and a chair. And I had um, all of the instructional items, you know, pencils, paper. I had her little binder ready. And um, we just jumped right in. Like, the first year, and I kind of had to find my footing, which we can talk about at another time. um, Because even though I had been teaching at that point, for it wasn't five years no it was 10 years i had been teaching 10 years by the time i started teaching her mm-hmm. um even though i had been teaching 10 years i never taught kindergarten i had taught like pre-k and daycares and stuff over the summers when i was in college when you know pre-k type stuff but i never taught like kindergarten so i do remember before leaving um, the school district that I was in, I like talked the heads off of every kindergarten teacher that I could talk to just to mm-hmm. get an understanding of, you know, what's your typical day like, that type of thing. And at first I did use like the standards of learning to try to kind of help guide me um, on different uh, objectives that they should be mastering and things of that nature. Um, and I had, I kept really good notes and I still keep really good notes on like things that they're learning, things that I want to make sure that she has by a certain time time frames. Mm-hmm. I remember showing you even like, okay, these are the sight words that she knows. These are the ones we're working on. You know, mm-hmm. this is her. She can skip count by this, skip count by this. We can do this. She knows all her days of the week. She knows all her months of the, months of the year, you know. So, it's I mean, kindergarten is just that, like those basic, the roots of the other things that you'll build on as you get older. But this but this also feeds into routine. Absolutely. Because you, you had a place. You had a very specific setup that we never moved. Yep. It was always there. And you created an atmosphere that said, okay, at this moment, you are now in quote-unquote formal yeah we're in school learning environment this is our learning space and like you know tv um, i had on music um just you know whatever it could have been r&b it could have been classical could have been instrumentals but i had music on Mm -hmm. so that you know it wasn't loud or distracting or anything like that um i did utilize and i still do utilize um like web resources things of that nature um but yeah, it was like, this is our space. I also always try to, again, COVID is preventing me from doing it this year, but one day a week we would do something outside of the house. 
whether it was like a little mini field trip, I would look for things going on in the area. We could museums, yeah, museums, um, different. Um, I remember one one week for whatever reason, Mister the the peanut truck, Mister Peanut, yeah, Mister Peanut <laughs> mm-hmm. had like a whole little thing not too far from our house, so we went to that, and they had like little activities for the kids, so we talked about peanuts and plants and. Mm-hmm. How what a peanut is a seed, you know, you know, just trying to tie in the things that are around us, and that's one of the things that I learned a little bit later. Like when I got my real footing, I really started to dive into the thing that I wanted to do when I was in the classroom, which was really teach according to what they really, really need and what they really are interested in, mm-hmm. and then tying all the other subject matter into that. So it seems like a great way to reach them. But I think that I think that really um, sums up a, a interesting notion with, with homeschooling and that you created that atmosphere and you were able to you're able to kind of roll into it because I think a lot of people um, think about things when it comes to homeschooling as if it's um, very different. But you you were saying that you started with, you know, the things all parents do because all parents go through the say your name and what's my name mm-hmm. and phone um, number address and phone number and so you started with those kind of basics but you said you use web resources things like that so like um curriculums mm-hmm. you use curriculums that you found online or did you just develop your own i i personally have always been passionate about curriculum so i i loosely follow like um, Common Core, Virginia Standards of Learning, but I always, I mean, I did end up buying a couple of curriculum from different resources that are available, um, but I I really enjoy it myself, and I know I'm fully capable. So is that like a recipe? You buy a curriculum, you read through it, and then you edit it for I mean, some text. of the curriculum that I bought, I never even used. But I mean, you know, like, you know, like sometimes you have a recipe, you read the recipe, you go to make it and then you edit it for what you prefer. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, people can do it that way. No, I'm asking, did you do that at at all? Sometimes. I mean, it was, it really depended on what it was. Like, what type of curriculum. Some things I just don't even mess with. But for the most part, for me, I would use a curriculum Again, the two curriculum that I was loosely following and like you were just saying, pulling out the things that I really wanted to tackle for her mm-hmm. and not necessarily going in any particular order either. Because mm-hmm. you, you can control the flow. Of the right. Day, right. So how does that work with, um, um, man, I just had the thought, but how does, well, let me ask this question. What are some of the challenges you've hit? In, in homeschooling, just just with our oldest. We, we well, don't even have to talk about the having three in a classroom, but just with, with the oldest. Well, one of, one of the main ones, and I know that I talked ad nauseum with, to you about it at first, it is the, it's the parental pride and the professional pride. Mm-hmm. Like when you really like, you should be stellar mm-hmm. at everything. Mm-hmm. But I remember these conversations. These, she and all three of them are their own person, own people mm-hmm. that learn at different rates mm-hmm. and 
may not necessarily be as, you know, they aren't coming to you or coming to me, you know, Einstein level. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause I wasn't Einstein level myself. You know what I'm saying? But because of the personal and the the parental and the professional pride, you just expect them to just be like, ooh, they got it. I could move on to the next thing. But it wasn't always that easy. And so, and you know, there were times when I had to sit myself down and sit down with you and be like, I'm frustrated because I feel like she should know this. And then I look at the standards and it would be like something that was like two grade levels ahead of the, the grade level that she was at. And I'm like, I know it says that, but I feel like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then there were some areas that she was completely off the chart. You know, and, and, and never at one, at any time has she ever scored anything less than two grade levels ahead. Mm-hmm. She's never not scored at least two grade levels ahead. And sometimes she would score like four grade levels ahead. But in my mind, in the midst of a day, if I'm teaching double by double digit multiplication, knowing that she really enjoys multiplying and she still keeps forgetting to put the placeholder and not really understanding what the concept means. And I'm trying to not only show her different methods of solving a problem, but really wanting her to understand exactly what this means. And she's still not getting it. It's like, ah, but sometimes it just takes a little while. Mm Mm-hmm. So, until until it clicks. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. And I think that's hopeful for a lot of people in the in this COVID situation that are maybe dipping their toe into homeschooling for the first time in, in the virtual environment that your kids are your kids and they're awesome because they're yours, mm-hmm. but they're people too and they need time to They need to process. And absorb the the knowledge that you're passing on to them. And and especially if math or English comes very easily to you, you know, it may not come so easily to them or they may haven't gained that level of mastery yet for it to be easy for them. Right. right. So that's, I think that's really interesting. And then I think I think the last thing we should probably hit before um, before we wrap for this this session is just um, talking about as you move through homeschooling what what are some of the things that have been you know like some moments of delight as we've embarked on this journey I mean it's there's always the the light bulb moments when you have been trying to review a thing over and over and they seemingly aren't getting it and then they all of a sudden like the light bulb turns on and they're like oh that's what you were trying to say and then that that's that's always been like a whew okay moment um it's always exciting when they start to really take ownership of the homeschool situation I mean for me sometimes it's like come on kids but I mean there's many times when we might finish a little bit on the earlier side of the day. Like we usually we are done around lunchtime um, because it's legit like me and them from 730 
for most most of the time our our middle daughter sometimes likes to sleep in a little bit but um sleep in meaning till about 7:30 mm-hmm. but we usually start about 7:30 with the with our little one and then our oldest and then I'm usually done about 12:30 at the latest one o'clock and then we'll break for lunch but um in the afternoon a lot of times they'll come to me and say mommy let's keep doing school <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's nice that they understand and, and know that, you know, learning doesn't have to stop. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in the afternoon, I need a break <laughs> because yeah. I've been mom, mommy teacher all morning. And so sometimes in the afternoon, I just have to tell them, well, give me a moment. Let me do this. And then maybe we could do a little bit more. It sounds like that's when you need to have them worksheets prepped. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's but it is nice because they have no they in their mind learning is something that they can just do whenever mm-hmm. and they understand and know that i'm i'm available to help them learn even more mm-hmm. especially with the way that i teach them because i try to make sure that i'm like i was saying a few minutes ago teaching them on subject matter that they really are passionate about and then tying in the other subjects to that. So like, you know, our oldest has always just really been passionate about African-American history, specifically women. And so, you know, if we're talking about weather, I'm going to find all the women meteorologists that have made an impact. And so like, you know, if she's like, can I learn a little bit more about, and I forgot the lady's name, but can I learn a little bit more about this lady? I'm like, yes, go ahead and do some research. Write down what you've learned, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, write about it, what you've learned. If you could ask her some questions, write down what questions you would ask her, you know. And so we we have been doing that a lot. And so when they get passionate about stuff like that, I smile, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, you're you're learning already that I'm interested in a thing. I can pursue the knowledge in it and then disseminate that to somebody else if I need to. Yep. Yep. I know for me, some of the things on the, on the homeschool journey that's been really interesting, um, have been one that we kind of jumped into this straight away. Um, which was terrifying at first cause we really needed that second salary. Mm hmm. Um, so it, it, it caused me to put in a lot of late nights and, and early mornings with study and things like that to try to, uh, move the needle and, and kind of gave me some fuel to the flame to try to make up that, that other side, that other salary, which, um, times were a little tight and tough periodically but mm-hmm. we have to hit some hit, um, hard spots yeah yeah definitely but it's it's been one where how long have you been homeschooling now eight years eight years so you know we had some some rough patches at the beginning i mean they were never bad enough where i thought we had to pull the ripcord and you go back to work so yeah, i'm always thankful for that's you. been a blessing thankful to you for that because there were certainly times when I was like, I don't know how we going to pay this stuff. And 
I'm sitting on a master's degree that I still have to, that I'm still paying for. (laughs) (laughs) And we could use that. I mean, Mm $40,000, $47,000, $42,711 was my salary. (laughs) $42,711. At the time. At the time. That Mm -hmm. was a a nice little seed. That's that's a, yeah. What a a seed that is for um, being obedient to what the Lord told me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my my salary, um, it it called out a couple of times, mm-hmm. but then we would look at Amari and be like, okay, and I'm doing we're doing what we're we're doing what we're instructed to do. Yeah, yeah. But it's that that salary would have been nice a couple of times. Yeah, but I think I think um, that's that's part of the the blessing in disguise, right? Because what it what it got me doing was doing the late night study, looking for the different opportunities, mm-hmm. um, picking a, a definite career direction. And that's what yeah. helped help me embrace mo- mobile as my career direction. Um, actually sparked that entrepreneur bug in me that came through more than a few times for yeah. us uh, when I was freelancing. So I'm essentially working two jobs at one point where I'm kind of going to my day job and working there and and all that kind of stuff but then on the side I'm picking up you know websites and different things just doing it freelance for people and you know those kind of freelance checks was really helping out in some clutch moments when you know you finish a website just in time and you know a a check come across the table for getting a website done so um, and and I call that a blessing in disguise because a lot of that work ended up becoming stuff that I use yeah. in the professional realm that helped me, you know, move through the professional ranks because I had developed skill sets and things that a lot of my peers hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, it pushed me to become a, a full stack developer, which got me a couple of job promotions yeah. and things like that. And again, even when times were tight and this, and this is the thing that, that I think is a huge blessing, even when some of the times got tight, they weren't tight enough where I felt the need to have the conversation with you about right. pulling the cord, essentially. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, it's tight, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to be able to get through it. Now, even if in your mind you're like, but if I just went back to work, this would be easy. Right. You know, I'm like, no. And, and that's when really what it did from a relationship standpoint, too, is help me articulate the value of what you bring in in the role that I was then in. Yeah. And I yeah. do it. Yeah. That that was huge. And it took me a long time to fully understand that I was still valuable financially even though I wasn't contributing to the money. Yeah. And 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 it really helped me uh understand that when I would talk to some coworkers, like I had a, I remember one time very distinctly where I was like, oh, I got to add that to the, to the thought process, which was I had a coworker that was explained to me that she literally had the job to pay for daycare. Yeah. And I was like, man, I didn't realize that that was an expense that we just didn't incur at all. Because if you were working, we would, we would essentially incur that. You but know, not at that time because our child would have been in school. Well, I was saying if if it was ever a situation where like 
Well, I was thinking about a little bit before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was I was really thinking about if it was a situation where your mom couldn't have stayed with us right. or if she needed to leave. Right. You know, we would have had two salaries, but we would have had this daycare right. bill at the same time. Right. And, and so that really started to add up over time in my mind of like, oh, the, the value that she's bringing to the table is, you know, being able to enable me you know, to, to do the late nights, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you, you, you being at home helped get the baby on a really strong routine. So I was enabled to do things, you know, the baby had everything she needed, you know, even through the homeschooling, there were certain expenses that we weren't necessarily incurring, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and even, and you think about it, you know, time off when you got to go to the doctor or, the baby gets sick even at school sometimes they would call you to come mm-hmm. pick the child up it was a whole lot of things like that that i was like man this is really a big deal and it's a real big enabler and and it's given us as a family a increased number of options right and then and then at that point it really just put the burden on me um and self-imposed really a self-imposed burden of I just need to do what I can to keep this afloat. And the longer I keep it afloat, the larger the return on investment will be because we now are outside of constraints of if an opportunity pops up and I can seize it, I don't have to say, well, we have to wait till the end of the school year, end of the school year and then we got to do the enrollment yeah. in the new school, things like that. We mm-hmm. can literally be as mobile as we want to be right. at the drop of a hat. So now I'm like, oh, this changes even the opportunities I started looking for. Because right. I'm like, oh, some of these other opportunities might be more fruitful because I have this ability, which a lot of people don't. Right. Um. So... So I thought that was really, really interesting and, and a big blessing in disguise. And then um, my moment of delights were when you started assigning projects. So because since you teach during the day, essentially, when you give her projects, it becomes a daddy-daughter project. Yep. And I was like, at first I was like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> then I was like, maybe I need to have a parent-teacher conference about this. <laughs> assigning of projects but then in doing some of the projects with our oldest they really are like delightful memories no matter how arduous the project can be sometimes they are delightful memories that throw me back to when I had projects in school and working on them with my mom and the the joy of the not necessarily forced time but it's one of those things that because it's academic and it's for grade right um it it flips that switch in my parental brain that's like no matter what you got going on you got to make time to make this happen so that she can turn in her project even though she just turned it into her mommy downstairs yeah yeah because for me because for me that i think that goes back to what i was been talking about in you creating this atmosphere that even for me is normalized in the way of it's for school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so she'll come in the office and we'll work on a project. And I'll ask, do you have a rubric? Do you have this? Do you have that? Because that's everything I would expect 
from any other Mm -hmm. educational institution. And she's like, yes, I have all of that and this and this and this. And it's just funny when she's like, but mommy said I need to do (laughs) X, Y, and Z. Because then I'm like, oh, yeah, because we do homeschool. Because it's one of those things that has happened for so long now that the line is really blurred for me as a as the parent that you know she when she does school and she talks about her academics there is no differentiation in how she talks about it except for the fact that she calls you mommy Mm -hmm. versus miss robinson or whatever and i think for me that's a moment of delight because you know it's normal it's so normal that i approach her projects with the same intent and fever you know, as if she was going to a public school. Right. And I think that's a, a big compliment to what you've been able to do in creating that that um, atmosphere of learning where she responds a certain way and that response is infectious. Yeah, she's even, because <clears throat> whenever she does a project, we always require that she give a presentation. And our presentations usually consist of us FaceTiming Mm-hmm. Um, various people mm-hmm. for her to present her projects to, and she she takes it so serious. She'll yeah. go upstairs and she'll get all like fancied up, like put her little suit jacket on, and mm-hmm. she'll stand in the room and she's like, "It's not bright enough. We need to be brighter." Mm-hmm. And she gets all nervous, but she, I mean, she's presenting her project to people, yeah, and they give her feedback. They ask her questions. And then, you know, if, if it if it's a, applicable, we'll send, like, a couple of times she made really cool keynote presentations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll send them the, the keynote so they can look at it mm-hmm. more closely and um, give feedback. And Or, like, the, the research one, uh, the genetics one, mm-hmm. when she had to send the questionnaires to family. And she had to call family members and... Um, just to trace back dominant and recessive traits, and mm-hmm. she really enjoyed doing that. And mm-hmm. then she got to call each one and say, "Well, you got this, and this is dominant, and blah blah blah." And mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think those things those were real moments of delight for me. That now at this stage of that journey, I'm really thankful for because I see it paying off, and I see the the output of the walking in faith. And the the and dispelling the haters. Yeah, I had so many people. What you gonna do? What? Why would you do that? I mean, teacher friends, family alike. Mm-hmm. So many people. Like, I mean, I had really a really difficult time dealing with that at first because it really it really bothered me when people would you know try to say that our decision was foolish and. Why would you do that? And I can't believe you, you know better. And all, I mean, just all kinds of craziness. Nobody's saying anything now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, back in the beginning of it, I was just like, can y'all mind your business? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, okay? Well, I, again, it's one of those things where um, your credentialing makes it. And, and I think maybe that's something I need to talk about very briefly. Is that one of the things that when you bought it to me. Um, that I didn't have any doubts in it. And I was like, yeah, we can do that, was the fact that you were credentialed. And so for me, being a very practical person in the way of, you know, and I talked about this in in earlier episodes of the podcast, it, it didn't take me very long after getting my degree to see that 
some of the companies I worked for were using the same laptops. I could just go buy. Mm -hmm. So what's the real difference here? You don't have a secret formula like Coke. You don't have a special piece of hardware Mm -hmm. that I can't acquire. So why can't I do that too? And I think I felt the same way with you when you were like, I want to homeschool. It's like, well, she's a teacher. She has a master's degree. And and by that point, you've taught 300 plus students. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, if she can do that for everyone else's kids, why couldn't she do that for her own? Right. You know, and at the time it was just one. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, this one, this person now is getting the attention of a master's level teacher in a one-on-one scenario. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People pay through the teeth for that. And I was like, that's just a benefit that we have as a family. Why wouldn't I take advantage of that? So right. that, that was one of the things that really set me at ease. Cause it wasn't like, you know, you were a software engineer or a CPR or a nurse or something like that. And was like, Oh, I want to homeschool. You know, so that that really made it a lot. I mean, there's some people that don't have credentials that rock and roll and do fantastic jobs. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying for me, for you, yeah, for me personally, it made it real easy to, you know, champion the idea and to support you in it. Because for me, I was just like, this makes sense. It's not, you know, it's not like uh, you're an auto mechanic. You know what I'm saying? And then you say, I want to, you know, build rocket ships. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I feel like they might be slightly different skill sets, yeah. even though they may be tangently mm-hmm. connected, you know what I'm saying? So it made it it made it a lot easier for me to, to support that endeavor. And then um, it took a lot of worry off me, too, because, you know, I have my own um, qualms with public school that I won't go- get into right now. So it took a lot of that off my shoulders, too. So it was a big stress reliever in, in that way. So I think that's um I think that about covers it for this this episode. Yep. Um did you want to Oh, did you want to talk about your Instagram videos at all? Um well, on my personal Instagram page, Mary L Rob is the name. I've been giving a couple of tips and tricks, not tricks, no tricks. Sorry about that. Just a couple tips. Um I try to do one every week. I don't do them. I don't do them every week. I try to, but it just depends on if I come up with one that I think is really relevant. But um, I've been given a few tips for the virtual school and even for homeschool um, families out there that um, may need a little extra support. And it's they're literally one minute or less. Mm-hmm. No one wants to listen to someone talk for minutes and minutes at a time. Um, so just, you know, you can check that out on my Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Um, it's Mary L. Rob on Instagram, Mary L. Robinson on Facebook. Fantastic. Fantastic. And that's back to your teacher teaching teachers mm-hmm. or yes, mm-hmm. teacher teaching teachers. Yeah. Oh, strange alliteration there. So, well, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, again, comment, share, subscribe, subscribe, like, and all that jazz. And in this particular one, if you go to our Instagram page, nine seven podcast, mm-hmm. all spelled out. Um, you know, leave a comment about a teacher that's inspired you, or leave a comment in Apple, um, podcast about a teacher that's inspired you. I'd love to see 
some teachers get that kind of recognition for doing the the hardest job that people act like they don't want to pay for. Exactly. Forty two seven eleven. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.